Now, last time, as those of you who listened in will recall, we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit to individual Christians and how God has given to us gifts that help us to carry on the work of Jesus Christ in our day-by-day activities so that each one of us has gifts that need to be discovered, developed, and deployed in the work of Christ. Just as a reminder, I'll run over the six things very quickly that I mentioned the last time and which I cited all the biblical references and gave you something of the details involved, but this time we want to go on to talk about the implications of these six things. But first, the six facts that need to be understood about the gifts of God. First, every Christian has gifts, Ephesians 4.7, 1 Peter 4.10, 1 Corinthians 12.11. These gifts, secondly, differ in kind, purpose, and results. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6 tells us that there are varieties of gifts, varieties of ministries, and varieties of effects. Ephesians 4, 7 makes it clear that these gifts differ in measure, that is, some have more of the same gift than others do. The fourth fact is that the individual gifts are for the benefit of all. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 stresses this in great detail along with verses 14 through 31. Fifthly, all gifts are important and are needed by everyone within the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 31 again stresses this fact. And lastly, number six, gifts are distributed sovereignly by the Holy Spirit as he wills. We said that if you read Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, you could thereby evaluate soberly your own life to discover what God's gifts to you are. Verses 4 to 5 would help you recognize the function of the individual gift among the many. And verses 6 to 7, the use of the individual gift in practical applications that can be made through God's grace. Now, it's important to recognize some of the very crucial implications of these biblical facts concerning gifts in our lives, particularly when we think about the abuse of our gifts and the failure to use our gifts that goes on so often within the Christian community. Now, here are six particular implications of those six points that I had made from the scriptures uh, in our last broadcast and repeated again during this broadcast. First, you must stop trying to do what you do not have the gifts to do. How often the Church of Christ has suffered from that problem people trying to go on playing the piano when somebody else with the gifts to play, with the ability, really ought to be there behind the keyboard. Somebody trying to teach the class, all right, so long as there was uh, somebody, nobody else to do it, maybe it was good for you to give the effort and make the attempt at that point, but failing to recognize that now God has sent a really good teacher and failing to step aside when there is that teacher who could move into the great blessing and benefit of all the members of the church. The first implication that everybody does not have the same gifts, that the gifts are for the benefit of all, of all, and everybody does not have the same gifts to the same measure, is stop trying to do what you don't have the gifts to do or what somebody else has better gifts than you to do. The second implication is discover develop and live up to the potential that the measure of your gift requires. How many Christians there are 
who let gifts atrophy, who, like Timothy, have to be urged again and again to stir up the gift within them. It's possible to have a gift that just lies dormant, that lies like a glowing coal in the fire but doesn't burn brightly or consume the log. So it's important for us to be exhorted from time to time to not only know what our gifts are, but to develop them, cultivate them, put them to work, exercise them, and then begin to use them in a charitable and loving way in cooperation and in harmony with the rest of the believers in the community where you worship God. Thirdly, find the proper place for the exercise of your gifts. Sometimes people want to exercise their gifts in improper places or in improper ways that create chaos and confusion. But if your gift is a gift of teaching, if your gift is a gift of uh, some sort of uh, uh, order or help, then find the place where you're needed. Find the place where that gift really fits in. Don't try to take somebody else's place who's already exercising his gift properly in a proper place, but look for a place. And if you don't know where to find it, then ask your pastor. There's nothing that would make him happier than for him to hear you say, here, I'd like to get to work. Where can I best go to work? Much better than for you to shove your foot into some door where the door really should be closed. Fourthly, use your gifts for the good of the whole, functioning in harmony with the rest. You see, gifts are no good when they're protruded out in front of everybody else when they're made to be more than they ought to be, when the whole body is, is looked upon as if uh, the, the, the eye is the important thing and it's, it's blown up out of place. The eye is important, but it's not more important than the ear or the hand. It must be exercised in harmony and in balance with the rest. And when we use our gifts for the good of the whole rather than for our own benefit, to get gain or to gain popularity or to become important or somehow or other to exercise authority and power over others that we ought not. When we use our gifts in that way, we misuse the gifts of the Spirit. These gifts were given that we might bless and benefit and help others, and in turn, in blessing and benefiting them, they might be able to use their gifts more effectively to bless and benefit us, and thus the whole body functioning together might grow into the fullness of Christ whom that body ought to exemplify. Fifthly, sometimes people need to be able to accept their gifts and not to complain about the Spirit's judgment in dispensing those rather than other gifts that they perhaps would rather have had. Not everyone has the same gifts, and we ought to be able to be thankful to God for whatever gifts he gives to us and learn how to hone them to a sharp edge, and how to use those tools which he has given to us skillfully in his service and to his honor. It's amazing what somebody with merely the unsung gift of a helper or gifts of faithfulness in prayer can do in the kingdom of God. And many of those whose gifts were not so outstanding and who were not known as leaders or whose names never went down in the books will in the kingdom of God to come surely be the most shining and brilliant examples of faithfulness in the use of gifts, far more so than some who had many gifts and more uh, evident gifts, 
but who perhaps did not use them so faithfully even as those whose gifts might at first have seemed not quite so uh, important. And lastly, recognize in others when it is that their failures to live up to their expectations result from lack of gifts and therefore faulty expectations on their part and help them to come and see what their real gifts are. Share your gifts if you have gifts of discernment, particularly of such matters, in helping others with their gifts and the exercise of them, not in negative or complaining ways, recognizing that not each man has the same gift or the same measure or makes the same effect, uh, effective use of his gift, but helping each one to develop his even as you do yours. May God bless us in the use of our gifts for his glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.